0: i you
1: yards after college podcast powered by kslsports.com i'm your host kyle ireland happy to be back on the podcast for another week as we recap not only the weekend hole in the nf as a whole in the nfl but also the locals in the nfl that are playing representing the state of utah these local colleges and universities but also we've got some high school stars as well to talk about and uh to join me on the podcast this week we've got someone who joined the podcast before the season even began. He was my first guest. It's KSL Sports Beats, Sam Farnsworth. Sam, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you on.
2: I'm glad to be back on. Thanks for inviting me, Kyle.
1: Well, I wanted to have you on, Sam, because you covered the Denver Broncos for a number of years in Colorado. And the Broncos this last week, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this in, in professional sports. <laughs> or if we'll ever see it again, but the Broncos, they had all of their quarterbacks that were on the active roster, uh, basically held out of Sunday's game against the new Orleans saints. Uh, Drew Locke and uh, crew ended up not Mm -hmm. being able to play against the saints Mm -hmm. because of contract tracing after, uh, you know, one of the quarterbacks, I believe it was Jeff Driscoll, if I'm not mistaken, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And so, uh, they ended up having to play a practice string quarterback who was a, a wide receiver and uh, ended up playing him. He, he had played power five football at Wake Forest, at Wake Forest, that is. But, uh, you know, it, it's just crazy to think that in 2020, we had an NFL game take place without an NFL quarterback on one of the teams. Right. What, right. what did you think of that scenario with the Broncos? Uh, and the fact that the NFL didn't postpone that game, was it the right move to play that game?
2: It was absolutely ridiculous. The NFL, I think, had an agenda. They wanted to make an example of a team where, and, and, and you know, rightfully so point the finger at that quarterback room, they, those guys were not responsible at all. You know, obviously they didn't know Jeff Driscoll had, had a positive case yet, um, but they went in on their, uh, you know, off day to have kind of a group meeting together and look at some video together. And because no one else was in the facility, they just kind of were lax and didn't wear their masks, according to, you know, the reports that I had been reading on. And so, uh, so there you go. One guy gets a positive test in the entire quarterback room because of contact tracing now is wiped out from the game. However, you go and look at what the NFL has done all season with several other instances, most specifically this week, this past week with uh, the Steelers and Ravens how many times did they push that game that was supposed to be on Thanksgiving played six days later right and so I mean it, it, the NFL usually is doing everything they can to make sure these games are happening make sure that there's a a as as best as possible a fair competitive balance on the football field and they did none of that for the Broncos and I'm not trying to play a biased Bronco fan here or anything it's just ridiculous I mean no one wants to see that I, and I know there was a lot of people in the state of Utah watching that game because they wanted to see Taysom Hill play in his second career start but I mean yeah the game was was kind of a garbage game right um and and I don't want to take anything away from uh you know Hinton going out there trying to trying to play uh a quarterback as a practice squad wide receiver he had played his freshman year at Wake Forest, I think he played a little bit his sophomore year, but then he had already transitioned over to, to wide receiver in college as well. So it's been a while. Um, and, and now he's got to go out there and, and do his best with zero week of preparation. I think that's one of the big things you have to look at too. There's not only – not only are they grabbing a guy who isn't an NFL quarterback because I believe with some preparation and practice, he could
1: have been decent – not great, it, but maybe completed more than one pass, maybe more than one pass.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I watched his college tapes. The guy's got an arm. He can make throws uh, and, and he's got the mobility. Um, but when you go from straight from the practice squad, straight to a game day situation with zero prep, maybe a little bit of film work, a little bit of, of play study, but you're not out on the field throwing with your receivers or anything like that. Uh, and the NFL knows they, the NFL knew that this was happening too. Right. And they could have done more to help there be a little more competitive balance and preparation for, uh, you know, it is what we saw and but you know what, it does go to show the rest of the league that you've got to take this seriously. You can't just, you know, kind of mope or, or, you know, lollygag around the facility or or whatever. And you've got to take this seriously. Um, wear the mask, do all those things that they're telling you to do so that you don't have this situation happen again. It was, it was ridiculous though. It was kind of crazy.
1: I kind of wonder, Sam, you, you bring up the Steelers Ravens, you know, match up there. And I just wonder if it would have been the Ravens that were in the Broncos position. You've got, you know, imagine if Drew Locke had been the NFL MVP a season ago and the Broncos were fighting for a playoff position, you know, hosting a division rival, and all of those things had been taking place similar like Denver had against the saints. And if it was, you know, Lamar Jackson in the, in the same position, I just, I have a hard time believing that the NFL doesn't you know, cater to that a little bit more so. So I, I think you're spot on there that, you know, it was an example that was being made out of the Broncos. And, you know, you saw this week, even that the NFL had further, you know, it furthered its efforts to try and limit you know, players' access to fit facilities and really enhancing its safety measures because of this COVID nineteen pandemic. You've got players who are coming off of the the field and they're immediately having to put their face masks on now, whereas that didn't play take place earlier in the season. It was only you know coaching staff and other team personnel that had to you know kind of watch themselves on the sideline during games as far as face coverings are concerned. So it's it's crazy because everything is like you know, changing on a week by week basis. We even saw Sione Takitaki, a former BYU linebacker. He went onto the mm-hmm. COVID-19 list a week ago. Now he was, he's been activated for this week's game. So, uh, you know, it's even affected locals in the NFL as well. Kyle Noy was put on that list earlier in mm-hmm. the season. So kind of crazy to see the impact that it's having. And I'm I'm happy that we're at this point of the NFL season, Sam. I just hope that we get to the playoffs and we, you know, are able to have a, a postseason of, you know, some regularity and some normalcy. So we'll keep an eye on that as uh, things progress and go. But you mentioned Taysom Hill there and the fact that he had his second career start at quarterback against the Broncos, you know, I, I thought Taysom looked pretty well, like he played pretty well. He looked pretty good in that first game against the Falcons Um and it seemed like the the Saints had a little bit of a different game plan against the Broncos. They ran it quite right, a bit more. They didn't right. throw it as much as as they did against Atlanta. Um, what did you think of that start? And then now that the Saints are playing the Falcons again for the second time this coming week, do you think that they're going to revert back to that first game against the Falcons, where Taysom going to throw the ball a little bit more? Or are they going to continue to run it like they did did against Denver?
2: Well, from you know from a game plan point of view the Saints did what they needed to do to beat a Broncos team that was in turmoil and that wasn't going to do much on offense Um, it 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 clearly was uh, on purpose the way they approached offense in that game didn't throw much ran they they just stuck with what was strong and as they built the lead and and pulled out in front early they didn't need to do anything else they didn't need to get big and and I think I think Mark Schlereth was on the color uh, call on, on the game on, uh, on Fox. And he mentioned the same thing that, you know, that this is, it's on purpose the, the, the way the saints are playing this game. Um, so don't necessarily knock Taysom because looking at that, you know, if you're just looking at the box score, you're like, wow, that wasn't a good start for Taysom, you know, but it, it was decent. It was decent. There there were moments when I, when I was watching the game though, where, uh, I was kind of like, gee, Taysom does not look great uh, he doesn't look like a like a nfl starter uh, on just on a couple of plays where uh, um his his reads just didn't seem right and obviously they didn't, they didn't throw it in as much volume so it's hard to really gauge uh because i did make that comment on twitter saying you know this is not the best start for Taysom, but at the same time going back to what i started my comments with he did exactly what he needed to do moving forward Yeah, they're going to call the game plan they need to call to win the game. And Sean Payton has confidence in Taysom Hill to throw the ball. We saw him do that in his first start with success. Uh, We know Taysom is a great runner with the football, especially in the red zone, once you get inside the the 10, especially. Um, So we know where his strengths are. We know what he can do. He's talented enough to complete passes and, and to throw the ball downfield as well. And if the game plan calls for that, which it likely is going to now, uh, you know, going up against another offense that will be able to move the ball, unlike the Broncos, then uh, I think we would see a lot more of week of uh, start one Taysom than start two Taysom.
1: Another quarterback that I wanted to ask you about as far as our locals in the NFL are concerned, Sam, is Alex Smith. And we've touched on Alex's story just his a remarkable comeback a number of times this season you and I talked about it before the season even even began about how you know we expected him to be in the running for comeback player of the year just if he was able to get onto the field and take a a knee you know at the end of a game would be you know remarkable and a miraculous thing to take place in and of itself but since that time that we last spoke on the podcast, Sam Alex has played in five games including a few starts he's thrown for over a thousand yards a few touchdowns uh, he does have a number of interceptions he's got a touchdown ratio of three to five right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got a QB rating right now of 81.3. And I was looking back at his earlier years in San Francisco. I was, I was a big Niners fan, you know, in my teenage years. And so I watched Alex Smith a ton. And uh, I was looking at his numbers just to see how he kind of compared. Because he, he didn't really, I feel like, perform that well until Harbaugh got there in San Francisco and uh, you look at like 2009, he was at 81.5 was his rating. Well, this season is at 81.3. That was his fourth year in the league. And then the following season, 82.1. So, I mean, he's he's playing at a at a pretty good level considering, you know, what he underwent as far as an injury mm-hmm. two seasons ago, not playing all of last season. What have you made of Alex Smith's first, you know, stretch here in this 2020 season? And what do you think he can do to kind of improve on what he's done so far in these first five games that he's appeared in.
2: I certainly think he's gone beyond any expectation. Uh, obviously those expectations were probably curbed by most people out there, not knowing exactly how he would be able to actually respond in a game situation, an NFL game situation where you've got uh, beefy, strong, fast uh, defenders bearing down on you. How is he going to respond? How is he going to withstand hits? He's proven that he's been able to do all of that. Um, I think he's done very well. I think the the biggest thing you have to look at in these last uh, over these five games that he's played in uh, four of which I believe have been starts or at least three have been um, the last two weeks you look at there's a W right. They won. They won those games. They won those games easily. And, and statistically those might've been his, his worser games uh, depending on how you look at it. But I think there's a lot to be said about who is the under center and the leadership that that player brings to a football team. Uh, The confidence he brings to a huddle and, and to the bench and to a football team. I'm a true believer that that is one big reason why the Broncos won Super bowl 50 Peyton Manning's arm was a noodle arm by the end of that season. He wasn't always getting it done, but because he was the one under center, uh, surveying the defense, making the right play calls, getting his team into the right situations, he set his team up to succeed. Statistically, he wasn't the paint Manning of old. Well, statistically, Alex Smith may not be exactly where he's at before, although he's had a couple of 300-yard games, nearly a 400-yard game against the Lions. But the big statistic is the last two weeks, I believe the two wins that they have gotten are in large part due to Alex Smith's presence on the team the leadership he's bringing to that team that they desperately needed. Alex Smith is there. He has kind of re-cemented himself, in my opinion, as the starting quarterback, the captain of that Washington football team. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here because I, I, I truly believe that, uh, you know, he's, he's beyond his prime. The injury has probably knocked him down a notch or two, but I truly believe that Alex Smith still has great things to come this season for himself and for Washington.
1: Yeah, through Washington's first 11 games, they've got a 4-7 and record. And they're tied, as far as record is concerned, with the New York Giants for the top of the NFC East. Uh, Mm -hmm. And you've got the Giants who have beaten Washington twice this season. But Daniel Jones looks like he's going to miss some time here with an injury. And so Washington, I mean, they they could still make the postseason with a losing record potentially, right, Sam? And so Alex Smith could potentially see himself, you know, reaching the postseason after – all of the craziness and all the terrible things with this injury over the last two years, this comeback could become an even bigger and better story at the season's end. So we'll keep an eye on Alex Smith and what he does throughout the re- rest of the regular season here on the Yards After College podcast and KSLSports.com. But uh, we're joined by Sam Farnsworth, KSL Sports beat anchor. You can follow Sam on Twitter at Samsworth. Am I correct on that, Sam? Yes. Samsworth <laughs> on Twitter. And uh, before I let you go, Sam, I wanted to touch on a couple more things with the locals in the NFL. We've got the Pro Bowl coming up, like every season, but this year it's going to be a little bit different. They're doing some weird stuff virtually. Uh, they're going to do some stuff with Madden, and I, I personally am not a huge fan of the Pro Bowl. It's not like the you know NBA All Star Weekend to me, and even the NBA All Star Weekend has you know its negatives. I think, but I just yeah. I don't like the the premise of playing it the week before the Super Bowl. It just to me you you don't always have the top guys playing in that game. Let's say the chiefs are playing in the super bowl, right? On a regular non COVID situation type season, you know, Patrick Mahomes isn't participating in the pro bowl, even though he's a pro bowl player. So I've never been a fan of the pro bowl in that sense, but we've gotten over 20 guys right now that are locals in the NFL who are up for the fan vote. Uh, I put up a piece on KSLSports.com and the KSL sports app about these guys uh, who are up for you know pro Bowl uh, nominations and uh, fan vote right now but what what of these guys which one of these guys has really stuck out to you this season because you've got you know guys from Utah, BYU Utah State who are all playing at really high levels this year who's the guy that you think is a lock to make the pro Bowl this year?
2: Um, of all the locals, I think a lock for sure. And I think because of, you know, his career, Bobby Wagner is um, the other one. I think there's another lock though. I think Fred Warner's a pro bowl lock. I, I think he's certainly going to get to the pro bowl. I mean, um, he, he's one of those rising stars in the NFL, a, a phenomenal uh, linebacker for the 49ers has a big bright future ahead of him here in the NFL. Uh, I loved that game when they played the Packers earlier this year and, and uh, I, th- I believe it was Aaron Rodgers was mic'd up, or maybe it was Fred Warner who was mic'd up, but you could hear Aaron Rodgers telling him, "It's like, you're the best linebacker in the game. He's like, I seriously mean that. You're, you're amazing. You deserve to be in the Pro Bowl. I think he said things like that. Um, Fred Warner is, is uh, I think, a lock for the Pro Bowl. So is uh, Bobby Wagner. I think fringe guys, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself answering your question here. Um, but uh, oh, I think Garrett Bowles is going to be close this year. He's had a really good year, and that's saying a lot considering his first three seasons in the NFL, how oft penalized he was in the NFL, all the all the uh, holding penalties he got and everything else. Uh, Garrett Bowles is going to be right there. He's been one of the top-rated offensive linemen in the NFL this season and was just rewarded with a huge contract extension, something that I would have said before the season never would have happened. Before the season started, I would have said, they're going to let the contract run out and let him walk. Uh, but he played uh, his rear off, got himself into a situation where the Broncos now, instead of picking up that 50 year option, they're rewarding him with a huge contract extension. So Garrett Bowles is another one of those guys that's really close. And I think he's going to be uh, right on the fringe at worst an alternate that might get into the pro bowl. Uh, but those are the three guys that I think are really uh, probably have the best shots. Locals to get into the Pro Bowl and, and to comment on what you said earlier about the Pro Bowl. I agree. Pro Bowl is probably the most garbage of all-star games there is, but it's still, <laughs> it's still a decent all-star game. And it's a, it certainly is a, a great recognition to have as a player.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's great to have that honor and whatnot. I just, I wish that the format was a little better. Uh, yeah, when, it t- when it took place was a little bit better. It just, to me, it just seems like an afterthought of sorts. Whereas like yeah. in the middle of the season, for the NBA, you know, or MLB, it's just such a big deal. And it really mm-hmm. kind of becomes a, a big event for the sport. But you mentioned Garrett Bowles. I mean, four-year extension with the Broncos, $68 million. I did kind of laugh, though, Sam, on Sunday against the Saints, he had a holding penalty. And I was like, I was like, oh, a little flashback there for me to a couple seasons <laughs> ago there for Garrett Bowles. But, no, definitely playing well right now. Uh, one other question as far as these Pro Bowl players are concerned. Which of these rookies from the University of Utah do you think has the better chance at getting a selection to the Pro Bowl in his rookie season? Jalen Johnson of the Chicago Bears or Julian mm-hmm. Blackman of the Indianapolis Colts?
2: Both have had outstanding rookie seasons so far. I personally think it's Julian Blackman. I think uh, Julian Blackman is not only... You know, maybe considered to be one of those rookies that might make it to the Pro Bowl. He, he, his name's going to be brought up in conversations for Defensive Rookie of the Year, right? Um, uh, whether he gets there or not, I don't know. I, Julian Blackman has been a a solid piece to that Colts defense. And I know you've been keeping a close eye on the Colts, but he, what, what I think he's done this year is you, know, you see some of, the, and you could say this about Jalen as well, but you see some of those plays that Julian is making. He's getting in there, breaking up uh, plays, picking, you know passes off making big tackles um he's doing things that you if if you just looked at tape you didn't know who he was what number he was what his name was you're looking at it you're like oh there's there's you know that's a four-year five-year pro right there on some of those plays that he's making and so uh julian blackman has has had one of the most seamless transitions to the nfl of any of our local rookies out there and you know jalen johnson's right there with him but i think julian's maybe got the edge
1: before i let you go sam we have to flash back to uh, beginning of the season before things all kicked <laughs> off. Week one, you and I, we gave our preseason award picks. We talked about who we mm-hmm. thought was going to make the Super Bowl, who was going to come <laughs> out of the NFC, AFC, who was going to win MVP, Rookie of the Year, all those types of things. I wanted to kind of revisit that with you now that we're you know heading down the home stretch here of the regular season and see if we're on track for some of these picks. So. Let's start off with NFL MVP. I said Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs. I think that Mahomes is probably the front runner right now if I had to put my money on it. And uh, you said Deshaun Watson. Now, (laughs) I will say I like Deshaun as a pick in the preseason, but things, you know, were a little chaotic there. And uh, Bill O'Brien lost his job with the Houston Texans. What did you make of, you know, that pick?
2: Oh man. It was like, I think it was like week two in the NFL season where I was like, okay, this is not happening. (laughs) Deshaun Watson will not be the NFL MVP this year. Um, uh, and I, you know, I I still believe that Deshaun Watson is one of the more talented, uh, diverse quarterbacks in in the NFL, but, um, a a lot of my decision-making was based also on his team succeeding, you know, (laughs) Uh, which they have not uh, done the best of uh, as, as well, but
1: and he just lost a wide receiver. He just lost yeah. another one.
2: Yeah, no kidding. And so you know, Will Fuller, what, what was he? What
1: Peds, I think. Exactly, Will right. I mean, what was he thinking? What, what are
2: you doing, right? But uh, I don't, I don't know. That's another topic for another day, I guess. But yeah, not a great pick. I think uh, obviously, obviously, uh, Patrick Mahomes is is right there. You know, Ben Roethlisberger right? If you're going to pick really some well. of the Steelers undefeated, I don't know. But
1: yeah, no, 11 and 0. I, and that leads into the next one coach of the year. I think we both picked some good names here. I, I liked your pick because I'm a Colts fan. You picked Frank Reich. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that, you know, if the Colts can somehow win that division, I mean, losing to the Titans last week really hurt them, but right. if they can, if they can get into the post season um, I think that that's a, a big win for Indianapolis with you know, not really knowing who their quarterback was going to be after last season, being able to get Phillip Rivers in. I think that's a good accomplishment for them. And their defense is pretty young. Um, but I, I said Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers, that, that's turned out pretty well with the Steelers mm-hmm. being undefeated mm-hmm. thus far. Uh, so I like that pick. Um, I think that you know either one of those uh, by us could be coach of the year after everything's mm-hmm. said and done this season. But uh, local MVP award, we said – Uh, you gave Fred Warner and I said Bobby Wagner I'm going to give you the edge right now because I think Fred Warner actually is more of a lock than Bobby Wagner to the Pro Bowl I think that Fred Warner is just having a heck of a season I, I really have been impressed with him every single 49er game that I've watched this season Sam I feel like Fred Warner has played better in that game than he did the previous game that I watched
2: yeah I mean this is a guy who's trajectory since he entered the nfl has just been on that steady incline right and it hasn't stopped even this year i mean he came into this i I had a friend of mine who who works in sports broadcasting in colorado um, earlier this year uh he was asking me about you know uh, i was telling him about our segments with locals in the nfl and stuff and he was asking me about well you know who are some more of the byu he was spitting out some of the ones that he knew of and i was like well there's fred warner and he's like who's fred warner Like Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's still at that point where his trajectory is great. People who are really glued to the NFL are starting to become more aware of him, but he's still not that household NFL name star. Well, I think this year he might get himself there. It would help if the Niners, you know, succeed and uh, help, you know, help their cause out. But right now they're last place in their division. So uh, that, that certainly doesn't help Fred's name get out there much more, but uh, he's, He's gonna be a Pro Bowler. He's potential All Pro, you know, um, and he will be known throughout households eventually in his career. He's on that trajectory.
1: Now, Sam, I'm gonna take a big loss here. This was not a good pick by me, and some of it I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk this one up to injury. I'm just gonna use that as my excuse because I said the Dallas Cowboys were gonna win the NFC to reach the Super Bowl. And obviously Dak's out for the season, brutal injury there for the Cowboys earlier in the season. But even before he suffered that injury, the Cowboys were not looking good. And I, I think week number two, I was just like, oh man, that was that was a really bad pick, Kyle. But uh you you picked the Saints to come out of the NFC, and I really like that pick. And we both had mm-hmm. the Chiefs coming out of the AFC. So I think your your Super Bowl matchup's intact. And you had the uh the Saints coming out over the Chiefs to win Super Bowl. Uh, win the Super Bowl here in February and I said the Chiefs (laughs) would win over the Cowboys now Uh, I don't know if I'm leaning one way or another there I think that either one of those teams could win do you still think the, the, the Saints are your front runner pick for the Super Bowl or because of Breeze's injury are you leaning with you know the Steelers or the Chiefs now to the AFC
2: no I'm still I I still like the Saints. Uh, I think Breeze is still gonna be solid when he returns. The thing is the thing with the Saints, and you can say this about any Super Bowl contending team, really, but the Saints are very talented all across the board. And you look at their defense, Super Bowl winning teams almost always have one of the top five defenses in the NFL. Uh, almost always. You, you can just look through the whole history and you'll see that they just have outstanding defense. And as long as you've got that outstanding defense intact, uh, which the Saints do, they're, they're in a good situation. In the NFC, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. The Packers make me a little nervous that they might do something. And Kyle, I'm just, tell, I'm just saying, Dallas has three wins. The Giants and Washington only have four wins. Dallas could still win the division and get into the playoffs and go on a miracle. <laughs> Andy,
1: Andy Dalton leads the Cowboys to a Super Bowl victory. I see it now, Sam. I see it now. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how crazy <laughs> 2020 would be to go into the postseason and Andy Dalton's making a postseason run? That would be insane. <laughs> well, Sam, I appreciate you joining the podcast today. What can you tease for uh, our audience about what you've got heading into this weekend? Uh, obviously, a big weekend of college football for the state of Huge. Utah, but you've also got NFL coming up on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I, I think the biggest storylines going to this weekend locally for, uh, you know, KSL Sports on television for Sports Beat is without a doubt what's going on in our college football world, especially with BYU uh, being able to lock up that game with Coastal Carolina traveling out there to, uh, you know, a couple of undefeated teams. They're doing what they can to try to try to speak to the, the committee and to the nation saying, hey, we're here. Look at us. Please be aware of us. Don't forget us. So that's the big story. We're going to be glued on that game. We'll have full coverage for sports beat both on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 1045.
1: Be sure to check out Sam and Jeremiah Jensen, the whole sports beat team, their work on KSL TV. You can also check out Sam at KSLsports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Sam'sworth underscore KSL. Thanks again, Sam. Appreciate you joining the podcast. Thanks
2: a lot, Kyle.